take our text this morning from the book of Ephesians. We'll look at chapter 2, and we'll read verses 4 through 9. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 9. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You see that word grace mentioned several times in just those few verses. Matter of fact, grace appears, the word grace appears over 200 times in the Word of God in both the Old and New Testament. If you've been around any church circles for very long at all, you probably hear that word mentioned often. Even churches use that word grace in their names, sort of grace community or grace Lutheran. With God's help this morning, we'll consider what grace is. We'll consider why it's important and what it's supposed to do and what it won't do. What is grace? Well, there's uh, several definitions. You've probably heard one or more yourself. It's the most common one is that unmerited favor of God to man. That's true. It's God helping us out even though we don't deserve it. I think of it as God's divine assistance to us. We've heard that acronym. I'm sure many of us, it's God's riches at Christ's expense. I think that's a good definition of grace. It's God turning his face toward us. These are all uh, definitions of God's grace. We also know, according to God's word, and also even in verse 7 there that we read, it says, Then in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness us through Christ Jesus. So grace is God showing kindness toward the human race. We also know the Word of God tells us grace is the only means by which we are saved. Romans chapter 3 verses 23 and 24, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So we can see why it is so important. We could say it's probably the most important thing in all the world, but there's some things that grace can't do. If you turn to the book of Galatians, we see that grace cannot be earned. If it was that, it's that unmerited favor of God. You can't earn grace. Galatians chapter 2, verse 21, it says, these are Paul's words here to the Galatian church. He says, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, 
then Christ is dead in vain. You know, if anyone could have earned their righteousness by their works, it would have been the Apostle Paul. said he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, as concerning the law, blameless, born of the tribe of Benjamin, learned at the feet of Gamaliel, one of the most uh, respected Pharisees of his day. And he was perfect as far as keeping the law was concerned. The only problem was that Paul at one time lived under a system where a man could work out his own salvation through his works and through observance of the law. But when Christ came, he ushered in a new dispensation. He came and he fulfilled the law. So that uh, method of working things out through through, through observances and ordinances and through the sacrificing of blood of bulls and goats uh, was no longer needed because Christ became that perfect sacrifice. Man could no longer work out his own salvation. Salvation is through Christ and Christ alone, through grace that God extends to us and through the precious shed blood of Jesus. And uh, Paul learned that uh, no amount of good works or good deeds can save a person. Unfortunately, so many people still try to live under that old system. I thought of a testimony, a sister Tilly Nelson. She told about being just a young girl and she was born into a good home and brought to church from the time she was just a small child. And she was faithful to attend church as she got older. She taught Sunday school and she became involved in several youth activities. And she said, in spite of all that, she said she felt there was something in her heart. She just realized that she also had a love for the things of the world. And she did things that a Christian shouldn't do. So she decided one day that all on her own, she was going to forsake anything that she felt wasn't pleasing to the Lord. And you know what? She did that in her own strength. She was able to quit doing many of those things. And she said she began to read her Bible and pray. And she thought, surely now she was a Christian. And after that, she took an assignment to India. She spent six years as a missionary over in India trying to spread the gospel there. And as she came home after six years on a work furlough, she found herself in Portland, Oregon at a camp meeting. She had heard about a couple of her nephews who had been saved and the transformation that took place. So she said as she came uh, there to Portland, she heard services and she heard messages. She heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. She thought, well, maybe I need more power. She felt like something was missing. So she began to pray for her baptism. She says she realized very quickly she wasn't getting anywhere. So then she heard about being sanctified, and she thought, well, maybe that's what I need. So again, she went down to an altar prayer, and she prayed to be sanctified. Again, the same results. She wasn't getting anywhere. Well, a short time later, she heard people stand on their feet and tell about how they've been saved through grace and through the blood of Jesus Christ. And she heard messages on salvation, and she said as she began to compare her experience with what she heard, she said she realized they didn't add up and she never had a time when she could point back to and say that she'd been saved. Of course, she said, what was I to do? Here I was, I've been a missionary. I've been involved in the Lord's work. I claimed to be a Christian all these years. You know, she could have had a whole lot of things that could have recommended herself, but she realized she'd never been saved. And 
she said she just humbled herself and she called out to the Lord and confessed everything. She said the picture the Lord showed of herself that night, she said it wasn't very pretty at all, but she was willing to humble herself and she realized all of those good things she did wasn't good enough, but that night she surrendered and the Lord saved her, transformed her, changed her life. It wasn't too soon after that she was sanctified, filled with the Spirit of the Lord, and God used her for many years. And she said, it's so good to have a salvation you know about. We're not saved by works. We're saved through faith in Jesus Christ. We see another example of that in our Scripture reading. Brother Darrell read about the Pharisee and the publican. It says, Jesus spake this parable to those who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. So he was speaking to those who felt like they could accomplish salvation through their works. Told about two men that went down to pray. One a Pharisee, the other a publican. You read that Pharisee's prayer. He says, I'm thankful I'm not like other men. I'm not an extortioner. I'm not an adulterer. I fast twice a week. I pay tithe of all that I possess. You know, he used the word I five times in two verses. He was confessing his virtues. He wasn't confessing his sins. The Lord wasn't impressed. You know, the thing that will separate us from the grace of God more than anything else is our own pride. Proud people cannot receive God's grace. They won't accept it and they'll refuse it. This man, again, he just prayed within himself. He was so full of himself. Thought he was uh, justified because of his actions. Oh, but we see such a different contrast in that publican. says all that man could do, he said he couldn't even look up. He just smote on his breast, cried out to the Lord, Lord, be merciful to me a sinner. The Word of God says that man went down to his house justified rather than the other. It works the same way today. The Bible says God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. You know, our own own righteousness is like filthy rags. We can't earn it. We can't do enough things to accomplish grace, but we can receive it. Thank the Lord, and it's received through faith, through humility, through repentance. If it were done by works, it would no longer be faith. So we realize that we can't earn it, but we can receive it through faith in Christ, through that grace that the Lord uh, sheds on our way. This isn't to say that Christians aren't to do good deeds. Certainly not. The Word of God instructs us to bear fruit to work in the Lord's vineyard, but often good deeds are a result or a byproduct of God's grace. And we see that uh, Ephesians 2, chapter 10 says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So we see good works are a result of faith in Christ, of being saved. Zacchaeus, we know that account. It says he was the chief of the publicans. He was a sinner. We don't read about him doing anything good before he met Christ. He said he did, uh, sought to see Jesus, who he was. We know he went. He got up in that tree, and as Christ came by, he had an encounter with Christ, and 
after the Lord told him to come down. We see a difference in Zacchaeus' life. He began to confess. He said, if I've taken anything wrongfully, I'll restore it four times the amount. I'll give half my goods to feed the poor. But that was a result of having been in contact with Christ. That was a byproduct of grace in his life. The Bible says salvation came to that man's house that day. Something else grace cannot and will not do. Grace can't tolerate sin in people's lives. It won't tolerate sin in people's lives. So sad, I've met so many people who claim to be Christians, but their lives are full of sin. There's no such thing as a sinning Christian. It's like a meatless hamburger. There's no such thing. Christians don't commit sin. The Word of God is very clear. Grace enables us to live above sin. Aren't you thankful for that? Titus chapter 2 tells us this. Chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly, in this present world, grace doesn't only teach us what to do and how to live, but it enables us to live that way. That's why Apostle Paul could say, by God's grace, I am what I am. He knew he wasn't living a victorious Christian life in his own strength. It was all because of God's grace. We see this throughout Scripture again as Jesus had forgiven that woman, taken in adultery. And I know I mentioned her last Sunday, but... As she stood before the Lord, you know what? She was literally as guilty as sin. She'd been caught. She was condemned to die. Stood there before the Lord, but the Lord didn't condemn her. He forgave her. But then he told her, go and sin no more. Grace doesn't make allowances for sin. It provides a remedy for sin. We read another account where Jesus healed that lame man that had sat there by that pool of Bethesda said he found him later in the temple and he said, Thou art made whole, but go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon thee. So we know grace is that thing that shows us how to live and enables us how to live righteously and godly. Grace will sustain us during the most difficult times of our lives. Think about Christ's words to the Apostle Paul. He says, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. This promise was given to Paul after Paul had sought the Lord three different times. On three different occasions, uh, the Word of God says that Paul had been given a thorn in the flesh. We don't know exactly what it was, but it caused him great pain and discomfort. He went to the Lord three times asking God to remove it from him. Well, the Lord explained why he'd been given that thorn in the flesh. Paul had seen things and had seen revelations from Christ that no man had ever seen, uh, things that he couldn't even speak of. But the Lord said, so that you don't become exalted or lifted up or glory in yourself. I'm going to give you this uh, affliction. But he said, but my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is perfect. 
in your weakness. You know, grace is that thing that enabled Paul to say, most gladly then will I glory in mine infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest on me. Think about what grace did for him. It took a difficult situation and it turned it into something good to the point where Paul could glory in that affliction. You know, the Lord's promise applies to us. Times when you feel weak, maybe times when you're discouraged, you're facing difficult situations, hard circumstances. You know, you're in a very perfect spot for God's grace to be made manifest in your life because Jesus himself, he said, my strength is perfect. It's perfect in your weakness. Many have experienced that sustaining grace that the Lord gives. I thought about different times in my own life, difficult circumstances. I remember when our youngest daughter, Holly, was born and the doctors told us she was very sick. One doctor said, we don't think she'll ever walk. We took her to a neurologist and we found out uh, that he had diagnosed her with a disorder. He didn't even expect her to live till past about the age of two or three. Difficult times. But I remember getting down with my wife and we would pray and God's grace would be there to sustain us. I remember when my wife received a cancer diagnosis. That was devastating. That happened during this time. And I tell you, there were times when all we could do was get down by our bed together and cry out to the Lord, but God's grace was there. You know, I've never experienced the Lord's power in such a way as during those difficult times. But I want to go through it again. Absolutely not. But I'm thankful God's grace was there. That's God's sustaining grace. It's perfect. Perfect in your weakness. And it's available to all who will just call on the Lord. We have to humble ourselves and admit it. God, I need your grace. I need your help. But God will help you. God's grace can work the same way in our lives today. God's grace, again, it's available to all who will call on the name of the Lord. The Bible says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. God is not stingy with His grace. He's not selective with His grace. He offers it to every single person. But we must humble ourselves. We must admit, God, I need Your help. I need Your grace. If you're here this morning and you need God's grace, admit it. Just humble yourself. If you have pride or something that's holding you back, just lay it down. Lay it down and call on God. God will give you grace. He'll sustain you if you need to be saved. Call on the Lord today. There's a promise in Hebrews 4.16. It says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Are you in a time of need this morning? God's grace is available you know, we've all heard of a grace period. We know that's usually an extended amount of time that allows us to take care of something that we should have already taken care of. We appreciate those grace periods. But, you know, I believe we're living in God's grace period. God is still extending an invitation. But we know one day that grace period will come to an end. 
As you look around at this old world, I can't think, Lord, how much longer could it possibly be? But God is still extending grace this morning. If you need God's grace, come to the Lord as we close. Uh, if you need God's grace, drop your knees wherever you are. If you're listening in and you need help from the Lord, just humble yourself. Call on God. God's grace is sufficient. He'll meet you today. It's still available. We're going to sing 657, and then we'll be dismissed in prayer. May God bless you.